Community. What does community mean? Community is connection. It is our engagement with life and is also our research of it. Community is a word and like other words we take for granted, it is often unmatched from our concern. Community never feels like an exception and is instead expected. At a church, at a job, or even at home. What can happen if we lose it and where can we go when we can't find it? It's pretty deep. I like it. So how do you feel about community? Well, I mean, I think uh, without being sounding offensive, that's a pretty general question. Uh, yeah. I mean, community, having having communities is a part of the human experience. I guess that's what I'm getting at when I, when I say that. That uh, when it's removed from us, when it's taken from us, or when we abandon it, um, you know, we, we, we suffer for it. And I think we're surrounded by examples of that, not just within ourselves, say like when we become depressed uh, and we abandon, you know, our families or our, our responsibilities or really even abandon ourselves, the things that we like about ourselves. Um, we, we understand the consequences of that. And we also know what it's like to watch others suffer from their community when it's taken from them. You know, in simple examples would be slavery or uh, any uh, war torn country. Yeah, anything, anything where where the, the you know the hum, the humanity, the humility is removed, and, and and not just that, but I think mainly that. You know, it's it's natural to form communities and to want to be in them, and while there are many arguments against certain communities, we certainly can't remove the idea of a community in total you know in its totality we right. need to we, we need that as the human as humans in so the you, human race. you would say it's pretty important then right absolutely it's yeah. extremely it's one of the most important things that we can have maybe the most important thing about being a human is uh, the communities in our communities yeah the, the communities that we form either naturally or that you know the ones we imagine that we invent and that's what you invent in what way? Like just like create, like become the leader of a new group of. Some well, sort. some 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 communities form strictly out of, um, you know, what their base content is, which is to say, like uh, something based on modern technology, right? Okay, like an, like an internet community. That's a form of a community and communication that wasn't possible for most of human existence. Oh, yeah. No, it's like very recent. Oh, it's, that, it's incredibly recent. It's within our lifetime <laughs> that that happened. We are the pioneers in a way, very much so, I think, of that way for humans to exist, to live. Yeah, it's crazy that this uh, most previous generation grew up with a phone in their hand, right? It's like the Gen Z, they never like didn't have technology yeah, it's I always mean, been there i mean when we true. were when we were younger i mean dial up was kind of a thing you know i mean i remember you know i remember the computer as a completely new invention i mean obviously computers have been around since I, before i was born but i mean it's introduction into the commonplace of my life you know like like a tv or a car or a chair or anything yeah. that i'm used to seeing 
from when I was a child, let's say, right? And mm-hmm. those are all technologies, right? Even a chair is a technology. But the computer and then immediately after that, the internet, um, and I know by immediate, I mean within a decade or, or more, is it's just so mind-blowing to me still how how quickly it has changed the world and everyone's life in the most personal way possible. I mean, it's on the same level as life and death for me. That's how profound I look at it. And the effects that that has on traditional style communities, which is to say mostly communities that happen naturally, right? Out of need or resource or dependency. Proximity. Proximity. um, Are now not really at war with modern ideas, ideals for those same attempts at, at community, but really the space to fill with new with new ones in our minds and in our lives and in a lot of ways i think the good ones are being attacked or removed in 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 a sort of it, it comes across it looks conspicuous it looks capricious but it's sort of natural at the same time as well it it's sort of happening because it has to because our lives are changing so much and so quickly the ebb and flow of online communities or communities in general of modern of modern technology mostly and mental okay. health and and how those two things affect or I would say one affects the other greater like technology affects mental health more than mental health affects technology that is to say yeah. is it in any kind of dominant way right any dominant example you might give for example it's easier for for I think anyone to draw an example of technology ruining their mental health as opposed to their mental health ruining technology, you know? And I wonder I, how that would look. Way. How would I well, destroy technology with my mental health? No, I mean, the misuse of it really is what I'm getting at. So, for example, you could, well, for the latter, an example would be like a nation, right? A group of people or a government that is using technology in an, un, you know, in an inhumane or unhealthy way to harm themselves or the world. Oh, oh okay. Okay. I know so, what you mean because China does that. <laughs> the irresponsibility, yeah, the irresponsibility of, yeah. of technology that, and that is affected by mental health, right? I know I'm, I'm, it's kind of obscure the way that I'm comparing it, right. but that's how I see it. Okay. Yeah. But I mean, what do you think? Don't you think that, well, I'll just leave it at that. I won't, I won't. Uh, what do I think about community? Well, what do you like? Okay, for example, what do you feel are things that separate us from our communities? What works against being in a community? And maybe try to define that. Like, what does that really mean to you? Like, what are the communities that you yourself are a part of, and how do you feel that they're being uh, disrupted or or destroyed? So, I think things that take us away from community would be like our social media. I don't think that it's okay. So I have trouble reading and social media is reading, right? So it's a lot of work for me to participate in social media. Any interesting point. So I, I don't really participate much in it, but I do watch a lot of YouTube videos and most of them are educational. And I've seen so many people talking about how Twitter and Facebook and things like this are just draining them on their their like their life and i'm like to me it's it's so it's such a foreign concept to have a social media in that way like like what's so so bad about it i don't really understand but i have seen a lot of people who have just like completely jumped off of the internet 
because of social media. They're like, they're, they're done. They're not doing it anymore. They're going dark, you know? Well, you strike me as the kind of person who, if I had to guess, lacks community in your life. I think, yeah, I think I would, you could use some, some, a dose of community. I mean, yeah. Where, where do you congregate? Where do you communicate? Where do you share your victories and your losses or your, 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 you know, confide in with others? And I don't just mean in like, uh, a mushy personal way but no but w- where do i find strength from even, yeah because even a family is a community right exactly yeah five people in a family is a community like if just to give some because mm-hmm. I, I i'm worried that i'm going to use the word community here as a verb and i probably already have but just to throw that you know that stake in the ground that you know that that checkpoint so that we can understand what we're talking about so i would say that i haven't really felt like i belonged a part of a community until kind of recently i've always so i've I've had family um before my father passed um i would say that my family was more connected for sure i think my dad was kind of a uh i don't know if he was glue or if he was like a the rock a catalyst of some sort to to initiate uh family interactions between my cousins and my uncles and even on both sides of the family. It was really I, I, strange. I understand. I think what you're saying, uh, the ambassador of your family in a way. Yeah. And I don't know if after, um, after he passed, I was just so angry that I kind of rejected society in turn after I felt I was rejected from it because even, okay. So if, well, why would you feel rejected from society when your family fell apart? Because people kind of, it seems like, so at the beginning, people were there, even in a small town, people were, you know, traditional, bring a casserole kind of thing, you know. You're talking about a funeral. Yeah, at a funeral and even after for a few weeks or, or even a couple months or so, you know, people would come by and like drop off food and try and help out whatever they could. But like, that's not what you need. You don't need food at that point. Food isn't, that's all, There, I don't know if it's just a lack of people not knowing what to do or how to help because that is a strong and weird position to be in. It, it, it is difficult to, how do you help someone out in that situation? And maybe they are just trying to do what they can, but after what you, what you need is uh, not to be lonely, not to be, well, that's, not, that, not that, that is, be, that is what is happening though, is they're, they're, they're removing the loneliness. They're filling in the gap by, by being present. I mean, it brings up something, actually interesting you're touching on something interesting is i mean a slightly relative topic which is to say the fact that death in general in our in our western society at least seems to be i'm trying to find the right word it's not taught properly and by that i mean the respect that you know the, the respect that we should have that death and life are both important in understanding and being part of our community, right? And by, by that community, I mean the, the of being just human, being a, our species. Mm-hmm. And at a funeral, that is important, I think, for people to show up and to, to you know, give their condolences and even to bring things. I mean, that is a ritual that, that shows, um, even for that moment, a level of respect and connection and togetherness that yeah. those who are suffering will benefit from. I mean, 
there's a saying in my family that my grandmother would always bring up. Um, I don't remember how to say it in Bulgarian, but basically it's never leave um, a wounded person alone or never never leave a grieving person alone because those, you know, in their time, in her time, people would, you know, and still do, would, you know, commit suicide or do something terrible to themselves because they had no community in that moment. You know, there are many people who really are truly alone out there and maybe you are not one of them, but bordering on that because you feel, it sounds like you've, you've, you feel immediately rejected after loss. Well, uh, I don't feel that way anymore. anymore. I, see. No, I, don't, I don't feel at least not nearly as strongly. I don't feel like I've, I've actually noticed people more recently accepting me and like when, when I say recently, I mean my adult life, you know, like post 2013, you know, oh, so, right. well, but what are like what now? What is the strongest community that you're a part of now? I would say our D and D group. You know that that's what so I, friends. Yeah, mm-hmm. but like I, I I feel like that is more. It's more than just friends. Like we're also a community. We've like well, that's you know, that's what that is. Yeah, that's yeah. I agree with that. I I feel like I am equal. To I look, I feel like I'm respected within this group that I that we've created. I wonder how important equality is in a community, because obviously most communities are not divided that way, right? They're I, more like hierarchies. They yeah, there are hierarchies. Leaders, they have managers. Community. They have, you know, yeah, constituents or however you want, what you know, depending on what you want to call them, members. No, I would definitely call it a hierarchy. There are different levels in most communities of. People, uh, it goes by respect, you know, in the most part. Like, there's some people that are like, that are, seem to be the leader of a community, and they are generally respected very highly, right? That's why they are the the leader of that community, and let that be like a, a church or you know a small town community or something like that. There's there's always someone that's kind of like, it seems like there's always someone at the top. There's a definite hierarchy, it's some kind of social based like you know system. Oh, I mean, being in a community is without a doubt a social system. I think that's one of the most important parts of it, or maybe the, one of the main reasons that it occurs at all. I mean, I look at community as serving purpose, too, like individual purpose, right? Finding value that way is important, okay. uh, even, even on simple terms. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to just use humans for examples. I mean, even a squirrel in a forest looking for acorns is also participating in a type of community with other squirrels and with other animals that that it has to worry or work next to or live with right that is part of their community i guess you could look i guess it's akin to like a job maybe the way that humans might survive in a similar way but we sort of split up our our purpose-driven activities into lots of other communities. We don't we don't always fully encompass it, at least not anymore. I think that's what's changing a lot too. Yeah. And by that I mean like, you know, a coal mining town, right? So well that'll just serve as an example. But I feel like there's something you wanted to ask because we'll get maybe later into that when it comes to like work related communities. Unless that's what you want to talk about now. Yeah, well, I mean we can talk about work communities as too because I feel like there are there are two different kinds of communities, right? There's like interactive communities and then there's impersonal communities. 
like an interactive community is like a friend group, right? You have to make that that friendship like viable. You you have to clean those streets. You have to go back and forth, and you have to make sure that you're seeing them and participating in events, birthdays, you know, get get together, things like that. You have to see them for those friendships to to stay alive, or at least communicate with them in some way. Um, I'm not saying that you'll lose a friend if you don't ever talk to them. You know, I think that I have made friends in my life that if I ever needed something from them <laughs> or that, or something that like I needed to turn to them for some reason, mm-hmm. I can. And I haven't talked to them in, you know, a month or a year even sometimes. But how is that different from any other? I don't see. I, I guess I'm waiting to hear you draw a difference there. So an impersonal because... community would, can be like someone who's like a like a lurker, you know, like you can just kind of be in there observing the community and still be a part of it. I think work can be that way. I think you can do your job and you can do what you're what you need to do and still be part of that Community. But you're not lurking. You are participating. Yeah, but That's you can. Lurking. But you, it's it's so much more passive. At least it is to me. I think certain. I think what you're saying is that certain elements of you know socialists uh, or so not social certain social elements are removed by choice. But it's still you're still participating in in the in that community. You're still a part of it. I don't think you're you're not. You know, uh, well, I'm not saying you're not part of it. You are part of. It. That's why it's an impersonal or or passive in a sense, hmm. community. Because you are still a part of it, but you're not really like, you don't have to do much. And you don't really have to participate in many things I see. to to be a part of that community. I guess I, I So guess another I one, another one can there. be church, right? Like you can just go to church and be part of the church community. You don't have to like do much else outside of just going to church. Some people do. Some people will, like a, like a, a lot of pastors... They, they will, what they call shepherd their flock in a sense of like they'll, if one of their, their, their members are having a surgery, they'll see their, their congregation okay, but it before sounds like they you're, go to you're surgery. You're trying to draw like a line within the community. I guess I don't see a need for that personally. Like either you're a major participator or you're a minor participator, but you're still in the community. You're not, a, you're not just an observer. Right. Right. But so why is that line between the, the major and the minor important to you? Why would you make that distinction? Because it's just something that I've seen that like, because to me, a, a passive, if you're a part of a passive community, it seems less genuine. It doesn't seem like, you know, they, really? they're just kind of there. You're just putting on a face. You're just like acting. You know, it doesn't seem like it's like you. Well, really that's two care. different things then. That's that, that I wouldn't I wouldn't say those are similar at all. I mean. Okay, let's use the church as an example. Someone who goes to church and speaks to no one when they do and just goes there and prays and then leaves isn't putting on a show necessarily. They're just a minor participant in the community, right? They're just not participating in every and say as much as, you know, the priest or the loudest singer or the, 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 you know, the most popular, you know, uh, partitioner, right? Or, Or what's the word I'm looking for? Parishioner. So... But that doesn't, that doesn't, I don't place that as a falsehood. Why would you do that? I'm curious as to why you'd see that as less genuine. It just doesn't seem like you're invested. You know, it doesn't seem like you're invested nearly as much if you're not participating. So the level of your investment is a judgment that you make. I don't care what that well, person Well, it sounds like does. you do. <laughs> I don't care what other people do. It you like can you do, do what care. you want. And, but it, to me, it just, 
Because I do that. You know, well, I, I mean, participate it, more and less in different even things. Even if it's just in it, yourself, it seems like that does matter to you. It's like us, even on social media, right? Like, I don't I don't participate in Facebook, or and I don't participate in, in Snapchat and stuff like that. Okay, you know, but, but I'm still I'm still a, a member of Snapchat groups and whatever, and sometimes I just observe. But I, I mean, so then what you're saying is that your participation is then also disingen- disingenuous. Yeah, you're pretending to be interested or no, to not be a part pretending. Of it? It's just I'm well, going which through the part motions. of that is disingenuous. Then which part is fake? That I just sometimes you just do things to be a part of the group. You're not necessarily doing it because you need to. Well, I would say you have an internal. If you're drive. doing anything, you're doing it because you need to, right? You got kind of Freudian there, so you are doing it because you need to do it. Otherwise, you wouldn't do it at all. It w- there would be no motivation there, and yet there is a motivation. You're motivated to be a part of the group that you're a part of. Gotcha. You're motivated to be a part of the group that you are. Yeah, I mean, you are. You are motivated to an extent, but it doesn't mean that. I guess all I'm saying is that there's different levels of interaction, and there's different levels of 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 caring. I think that um, part of what you're talking about relates to, or actually entirely what you're talking about relates to why communities have restrictions. And by restrictions, I mean uh, either written rules or unwritten rules, right? And and we're starting to get pretty ambiguous here. But by example, uh, you know, let's, okay, let's, let's do this. So for example... Um, your neighborhood, right? A neighborhood is a community, whether it was a forced community or a promoted community, you know, whether its creation was intended intended or not. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is something I've actually made reference to before in another podcast, another show, another podcast that we did. But the point I was trying to make is that there are restrictions on things of the groups and communities that we are a part of because that's how we defend what is good about that community in other words that is to say its purpose why it exists at all it's not to it's not to present some you know some ill-formed version of dominance or uh, or judgment or um you know any kind of a dissension or dispersion towards another it's it's supposed to be defending what is interesting about that that community's core. And I think what happens sometimes is that when people defend that idea, it comes across as sounding like they're prejudiced or they're racist, but they're not. They're just interested in preserving what they believe will be affected or ruined at the so, core of their community. Like different I- ideas, uh, personality traits, Things that like I think more than like, that. I think even I think uh, po- politics, religion, race. I I think there are people out there, and I think it's worth mentioning because I don't. I never hear people talking about it. Everyone always seems so afraid to talk about this, but it is a thought. I know I'm not the only one that has, and that is that we do feel attacked when our communities change beyond without our consent, right? And that isn't automatically a version of hate. That's what I'm trying to get at. In other words, 
when you want to protect something, you, you're automatically going to become defensive of a change within it or from out it. Does that make sense? So some communities are, are good to be open to anyone, right? Is that what you're trying to They and can other, be. And other communities some need, people, need to be more restrictive on who they allow in because of it depends on the community and i think that need, i think that also needs to be respected now when it shouldn't be respected is when it does when it does damage um some form of democracy right if it if it whole if it if it, if it does promote prejudice or hate or racism let's just call it hate because that's all what those things mean then yes it it's 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 too derogatory. It's too hurtful. It's causing too much damage. Too much. Too many problems, and that needs to be addressed as well. But that's large. That's when a larger community attacks a smaller community, right? Like a government versus a city. Like you know, like a state versus a city, or a county versus a city. Things like that. Or you know what I'm trying to say? Like the way things are managed downward, as far as human civilization is concerned. But even in nature, you see that kind of, um, not entropy, but control. And I think that is important because I feel as though where we are now is in a state where entropy is out of control in how we connect with each other. And it's destroying our personal interaction, our, our human interaction, the way that we try to relate to, to one another in a respectful and dignified way. And that can only happen when we try to understand each other. And the opposite is occurring now. We are, we're, we're locking ourselves in our echo chambers and we're pushing people out with their ideas along with them. And so we've become, we're becoming more closed-minded, even though there are more ideas on the table to think about. Is that going against what you're talking about in restricting community then? Well, it, it, because it does. Okay. And no, I mean, it, it's a part of that. It's a part of the problem so that ruins the, traditional communities. That's yeah. the, the extreme of restriction is that it can. No, no, no. I'm saying that all right, I'll give a better example. So the term nuclear fl- family okay. right, is your 2.5 kids. Yeah. 2.5 kids. <laughs> right. You know, you got your mother, your father, they're both hetero. They have children. And they have a house in the suburb, you know, like the whole Got, 1950s yeah, American yeah. dream thing. Okay. Now Apple I'm pie. only using this as an example. I'm not saying this is the perfect community for everyone out there. In fact, I would argue the opposite. I, I yeah. Think, I think that's one community for a certain type of people. It's not even my kind of people. So don't think that I'm automatically defending this. Um, it's just an example that's easy to understand to compare to. But. At its core, that idea doesn't automatically, or at its core, doesn't offend in a way that needs to be restricted, right? Other than within itself. In other words, to leave those people alone in those communities where they want to be that way, right? Right. There's no need to attack them. And the reverse is also true. Um, It's useless to attack someone like myself who doesn't want to fit into that kind of family, who doesn't want to be a father, who essentially doesn't want to grow up. I mean, I my maturation is halted by that. I agree that that's something that Jordan Peterson talked about on a podcast he did recently uh, with Russell Brand and his daughter, whose name I can't remember now. She has Peterson. Her 
Miss, little, Mrs. Little, Peterson. Yeah. <laughs> so she has her own show too. I, I wish, I'm sorry, I can't remember. I don't know if it's Michaela. I think it might be Michaela. I'm sorry, I can't remember it. But he talk, Jordan makes a point. He, he, he actually draws a line in the sand. He says, maturation, like the, the, the final form of maturation cannot occur without having children. Um, maturation is to mature. To mature. To okay. Be, to become Just wanted to clarify. the final form of being an adult, let's say, right? To be the most equitable human being you can be and i agree with him even being no father myself i i agree because i've I've had that thought my entire life now what's interesting is that russell brand countered with the with the idea that well he, he posited well why what about people who devote themselves to um a, you know a practice a skill or a belief you know um, yeah i think you isn't their sacrifice and, equal yeah i, I so, don't know if i agree with what Peter's John it's a good Peterson point, but say. I actually still. But Jordan came back and 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 made some good points in favor of his initial comment, and I and I do agree with him. I think even irregardless of the, of of uh, what might be considered an equal sacrifice in responsibility to become more mature, I don't think anything could beat being a father. And I again, it's it's a bit hypocritical yeah, <laughs> for me to make I, that. That maybe maybe I'm just, I only know one side. I, right. can't, I don't know what it's like to be a father. So. Right. I, I'm not a, a father either, but I I believe I'm very mature and that I'm very responsible and I always trying to do the right thing. I don't think that I need to have kids to become more mature. Well, maybe, but I think that's what he's saying though is that it's not a slight against your current level of maturity. It's just that you have another level you haven't been to yet, you haven't reached. That's but it, whole does that mean tier. it's higher? Or is it just a, just yeah, a side I think it step? Is. I think it I is think higher. A, I think it is higher. I mean, think of it, put it. Here's what he's saying, essentially. Like, Put it this way, uh, Zach. He's basically saying that once you become a parent, there is an inescapable new fact, and that is you are there is something more important than you in your life. I don't think you would ever say that about any hobby or skill that you may have devoted your entire life to. Oh, absolutely not. I, 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 I have a hard time. I mean, if, a guitar, if you're a guitarist and a guitar breaks, you get a new guitar. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, you can always make a new kid too. I, that's not a new <laughs> Wait a minute. I'm just kidding. Yeah, okay. Just, Joker. Mark, do you participate on any online communities? Uh, I do. And I have, and most of the ones I, have participated and I have left uh, for many different reasons. Right now, I mainly participate in online gaming communities, specifically one where um, I run a guild, but really it's it's not about the guild. It's about uh, the community of players that I've tried to attract because I like, I find that I just feel I feel like I get more done and, and I'm more comfortable when I'm not necessarily in charge, but I am the driving force of the stability of the community, if that makes sense. So I start a lot of things and they are in essence my initial by initial creation, my you know, they're my credit, right? Like I did it, I mm. started it. I'm actually very but, envious of your community and impressed by how how much fire it caught like it, it blew up quickly because i we we used it as our 
Dungeons and Dragons online when we were doing our tabletop we virtually online. Yeah, D and D. And then you you kept going with it on your your game on the video game Dungeons and Dragons online. Right. So and then I and I kind of watched it for a bit. Just I saw it blow up, and I was like, wow, that's that's really cool that Mark found this community in the middle of a pandemic like this and built something. I like doing that. Um, I like doing that whenever I can. But for me, it's not about. I don't like being. I don't like it to be uh, like um, a tyranny, you know, where I am the end-all decision maker. I, I prefer to just attract people that are like-minded and though that are willing to work together. And it it is more console-like. It's more democratic that way. And for me, the vibe is to keep things chill anyway. I just want people to feel welcome and to have a good time and to help each other out. And if everybody's doing that, even in it doesn't have to be in equal amounts, but if everyone's doing that, it, the the community creates itself. At that well, yeah, because it looks like there's a lot of sharing of like, just like of other games, of other like and funny things, memes and whatever, just people joking around, having a good time. That's what I and like. That's yeah, what people lo- feeling welcome. Yeah, it's a very relaxed environment. It looks really cool. She said it's a lot. It's a lot for me to participate in, like with the reading and and then writing and all that stuff. So yeah. I don't really participate much in online. I wish you did. Um, um, what is what would you say the the highest number of your your guild was? Well, just so people are clear, the, the guild means like the group of players in the, under the same group or community in an online video game, right? Um, and the biggest I've ever run, actually, we had hundreds of players in it was in the same video game but like over a decade ago and now i i'm not again i'm not running it as i was like that back then now we've been up to like 89 90 at one point of individual you know players from the same game okay and it's so. a it's a it's a it's a network setup right it's it's i invited you and your friends because you needed help or understanding or just friendship and i offered that and then I asked you to do the same. And I I am not, I don't just blanket my aim, right? I don't just cast a net and just point it at everyone. Um, I I look for certain traits in people, right? The same way I do in life if I'm managing real people, let's say, right? Or hiring real people. There's certain traits that I'm looking for that I think will suit the community. The niche. Niche. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't. Uh, it's not to say I don't want perfect strangers to to be un, to feel uninvited. That's not the case at all. Um, one thing I like to always say is that you know, ignorance is curable. Stupidity is not. Or I'm sorry, I have that backwards. Stupidity is curable. Ignorance is not. Because to me, you can take someone who who lacks skill because of ignorance or of because of you know, their lack of knowledge, let's mm-hmm. say, right? And you can teach them. If you're a teacher, you can, you know, and they're willing to learn, you can teach them what they're missing. You can give them what they're missing. And maybe they can even teach you back at some point, which is the greatest reward, in my opinion, um, is to become a student again. I think uh, that's like, I think the master's goal is to be a student again, and the student's goal is to be a master. <laughs> and, uh, and and that that is curable. That's what that statement means. But ignorance is a choice. Ignorance is, is will. It's, uh, it's defiance, right? And I, I feel like that is harder to change in someone because they show up already denying 
um, a, a likability that I'm looking for. Huh. I didn't think of those two words that way ever. To me, stupidity is your inability to learn. And then ignorance is just not knowing. Yeah. It's just that you haven't I use learned. It, I use it differently. And it is a little harsh on the, uh, the if you fall into the stupidity category, which I myself do. But it's just to make a point. It's just to be to sound clever, you know, while still making a point. That's interesting that you're saying that your, uh, your guild number was like 90. Uh, because the Dunbar number is 150, which is like how many social interactions you can have at a time, like meaningful social, social interactions. And they say like after 150, uh, you start your 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 group starts to dissipate, or break up, form other groups within the group, start conflicts, things like that start that to happen true. when you get above that number. Now the Dunbar number is not a hard number; it, no, it, but it varies from person to person and from group to group as well it's an interesting point though that it makes and i will agree with what you just said um years ago when i first started creating like guilds and online communities and attracting people to play with me basically or to communicate with me you know i used to be part of like different forums and things like that uh, most recently like leather work but before that swordsmithing and some of these things i did and didn't do so like leather work i i did do and love and swordsmithing was just in like an interest and mm-hmm. it wasn't actually a hobby but one thing I notice is that you're right. There, there is a point where um, the community grows, and you know what's going to happen. Per- personalities clash, okay? Whether it's because of age or or just you know, there's lots of reasons. Yeah, generation gaps. There's all uh, kinds of reasons why people just like don't that. get along. But it, they can they can not get along for the most part in an amicable way. It doesn't always degrade into something violent like an argument or a fight. And what happens then is things the the community does start to break up, right? And that's a crucial point because there's a lot of signs for that when it starts to happen. And one thing I've learned is that if you pay attention to it and you recognize those signs, you can plan to brace and sail through those kinds of moments. And I call it like attraction and loss. So when I'm a, when I'm in attraction mode or phase, that's when people are joining. You know, oh, their friend. Their friend just joined our community, so they want to jump in because he's having a good time. And there's lots of joking and laughing while we talk to each other on Discord and game or do whatever, right? Usually it's gaming. And now that starts to attract. That's the attraction phase because now the, you know we're, we're spreading and people want to be a part of the community. Well, once they're in the community and their personas are relaxed, then they start to realize there's elements of it they don't like or people they don't get along with. And some there's two types of people, right? In, in my in my view, for what I'm talking about, one is the kind of person who simply just doesn't want to put up with any kind of you know disagreement or conflict between personalities, and so they leave. Whether it's in a, in a civil way or not, they just decide to leave on their own accord. And then the other group of people, which is where I think I sit, are the people who can see past that and can sort of run with the punches, go with the blows, right? They kind yeah, of stand your ground. Easy going. Easy, um, yeah, I'm easy going. I try to be really easy going, and I try to accept everyone. I say dumb things myself. I do dumb things myself. But I, you know, I, I go with it like because I, I feel there are flaws in, in, in all of us. Right. Now, when that happens, that starts to build up, and you get to a point where you are in your, your loss stage, right? That's when people start to leave. Things get quieter in the community. There's less energy. There's less activity. That is an end 
for a lot of communities unless you plan for it. And one way you can plan for that and manage it is to begin an attraction phase again. In other words, recruit as if you're starting over all over again. Okay. And that that creates new interest in, in new people because that is how uh, a community survives is new members. People, you, you have to have new people coming in and adding something new to the dynamic. Yeah, you're right. Um, even in like, you know, villages, you know, like in the, in the mountains, you yeah. know, if they don't have new people being born, then their community dies off of their knowledge of the landscape and everything goes away and their their language that leaves and exactly. everything you need new people so you do need new people to to have a thriving community i never really thought about how much how important how much of a um i can't think of the word how how that's your vitality is, it is the is, vitality and i think the what the most important part about it is the teaching um is to is to create teachers and and to be a teacher and i don't mean that in some you know, arbitrary way. I mean, very specifically about whatever the content is, you know, whether it's something hobby and, you know, and entertainment driven, like a video game community, or it's important like agriculture in a small village. I think that is what keeps things going. And and that's what keeps a community healthy is creating new teachers because new teachers, people who want to be teachers want students. So they will in turn seek out to attract new students to what we're doing right so that they can now enjoy it as well and there's joy in that um yeah for the teacher as well trying to think if there's any communities where you don't really have a teacher student relationship in any way because even in friend groups like if you're laughing if you just have like enjoy each other's company and having a good time laughter is is formed because of a surprise in an unexpected way of something happening that's what is happening when you laugh so even then you're learning. You are. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so. you, you are learning from your friends. That's why they are your friends. It's not just about what they can do for you. Or Well, I think that is what they're doing for you is that they're teaching you. Yeah. That, that is a, that but is, that is a very valuable. But asset you're also teaching them sometimes. Yes. No, absolutely. I'm just agreeing with you. Actually, I'm saying you're right. Um, yeah. Uh, or that I agree that there, I think you, you said it perfectly. There is, there's no, what you can't have a community without some kind of teacher student relationship even in even yeah, the most yeah, obscure go back sense. both ways too that's what i mean yeah yeah so uh yeah so i i do that and uh i enjoy it greatly it's kind of like running a business really if if if, if i made money with it <laughs> oh yeah it sounds that. like a, well, it could be a full-time job especially <laughs> it, the way you talk if about you it. let it yeah it can yeah which is i mean if that's what you're looking for that's not a bad thing well no but i mean things get away from you that's that's what i meant when i don't like i don't treat the communities i join or create or i guess specifically create as anything tyrannical you know often i i i repeat myself often to my friends and members of the community that i am not you know, I'm a broadsword, not a scalpel. If you have a problem, you need to go to the person you have a problem with, not to me. I'm not a therapist. I can't, I'm not going to inject myself into your personal problem with this other member. You need to talk to the, you're both adults. You yeah. need to find an amicable uh, resolution to what's going on. Now, if you can't, and what's really going on is some form of abuse, then you come to me because then I will get rid of the problem and now we can move on our merry way. I wish more people were like that and just took up their problems with the person that they had the problem with instead of going to a higher authority right away well, that, without, that's, yeah. without ever talking. Because like, how am I supposed to know that I'm even causing you strife if you well, don't ever come to me? Exactly. It's like, 
I'm not trying to be a mean, vindictive person, like right. ever. <laughs> but if I'm doing something, you need to tell me that I'm being annoying, <laughs> and, well, people, and, and, and in a in a proper way. Well, you're you know? not. Well, you're a good example of someone who who takes on responsibility. But there are many people who avoid responsibility, even in that situation, even when the responsibility is very small. Right? You're just addressing someone with whom you have some issue with. Well, I think it's scary though. <laughs> you know, it's scary to it's go to never someone not and be like, scary. to you like, just Hey, have to do it to, to confront someone that's like causing you a problem. Like that's, that's a, that's a challenge. It is. So I, I understand why some people do just go to a higher authority because they don't know how to handle it. But I mean, it, it's a skill you need to learn. It's, it's how it's, it's a much better, you'll get better results that way. Well, I think also what will help you if, if you, one thing that has always helped me is this consideration, which is if you stand your ground or you confront someone about a problem you have with them, even if you don't win that battle right away, you have at least told that person that you are going to interrupt for them what has so far been easy for them to do, whether it's to others or to you. So what is what does that mean? It means that you've already sent a message to them. You've already created a problem for them that they have to deal with. And if you're consistent about trying to solve your issue with them, you will, I think, you it, win inevitably. You know, even if it means you have to leave that community or that job or that relationship, you it's still a victory for you because people mostly only do things that are easy for them to do. And it's and and when you interrupt that, when you make something difficult, you automatically force them to change. They have to consider it now. And that that's at the very at the very least that should motivate anyone to to address people directly about issues they have with them. Yeah, you only you can only make things better, right? That's, that's what I'm saying. It can yeah. only it can only eventually be in your favor if it isn't immediately. And in most cases, I would say it's immediate. And it was such an eye opener for me where um, not in relationships, I'm still figuring those out, but with, um, I mean, personal, but with job relationships, right. like, you know, worker boss uh, relationships uh, where if you're not, you know, I, you even gave a great example of this one time when you, you know, you spoke to someone at a job where you weren't bringing things up to hurt them or to get yourself fired. You weren't arguing in something about something totally obtuse you were just un- revealing something completely obvious that was wrong. And when you do something like that, there's no ammo on the other side other than just complete emotional response that might be negative. <laughs> you know what I mean? They, what can they do to you? Yeah. Because they're other than cause trouble for themselves. And that's, I guess, part of what I'm saying as well. Yeah. I mean, they're not going to hit you in the most, most cases, especially at work. You know, what worst they'll do is yell at you out of, out of frustration and right, then, that's the emotional response. Yeah, yeah, that's all. Like that's that's the worst, and I'm I'm willing to take that risk <laughs> to make things better. I think too that um, work work communities is is really something very interesting to me as well, because I think we're going back. We're like repeating history at this point. What I mean by that is this. We're returning to a period of exploitation in the labor. And that affects the kind of... Because you can be in a job that is a positive community, right? Like, oh, Consider the difference right, between 
someone who owns a company and who's trying to achieve a goal compared to someone who owns a company and just wants to, you know, like, I, I don't know, I, I guess I can put it this way. It's like when, when you, when work is not for goal, it is only for ruin. I mean, consider the following. A person wakes up early, you know, every morning to venture out to work. Um, at their job, they work hard, but, you know, are they inspired by a goal? Is the owner of their company someone with a dream asking their workers to help them achieve it? Or are they just the head of an entity feeding the parts below it? It's like we all push ourselves through exhaustion but so few of us seem to be rewarded for it. I don't think it is only a monetary shackle or that it is healthy to be complacent with the notion that we are labor and nothing more. I think more of what we are is what community unveils. It demonstrates the party within us, you know, the joy for life that can be when we share it properly, not just in sentiment, but in value and in consequence. And that is what is I feel changing again today, you know, that we're, we're reverting to a, like a, a state of exploitation. A cog in the machine. Yeah, we're just we're just a robot. We're just a cog. I, oh, well, that's how our school system trains you. That's what I know. That's what you're bred that way. Yeah, that's what that's what our society wants. And and their employees. That's how you. I don't think that's what society wants, though. I think that's, well, that's what I think that's who, what <laughs> the powers that be. Yeah, wants. that's not society, though, to me. <laughs> okay, I could. Yeah, maybe I'm I'm using the wrong word. Maybe it's no. Not society, I mean, that is a but, community. Like the people that run this world have their own community. That's for yeah. sure. I mean, look at the numbers. Billionaires have become exponentially richer when things are worse for us. You know, stock market crash. Uh, the, the the trade center attacks, the trade tower attacks in 2001, this pandemic. I mean, every every billionaire, everyone be above a certain, I think like a 9%, you know, the one the top 1% actually threshold, which is actually thousands of people, tens of thousands of people in the world. It's a lot of people that own billions, that have billions of dollars just to their name, right? Now, that means more than just someone walking around with a giant suitcase full of money, right? <laughs> they're, they're, that's their value. So yeah. they don't just have complete access to that, but they do manage that power, yeah. right? And it's just, they without a doubt have their own community and we are not a part of it, <laughs> as George Cullen would say. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I guess that it makes me think about those kinds of things and how important that community a healthy community is even in a, in a workplace do you think that we have a strong community still or do you think that it's that, what do you that communities in general are just starting to dissipate and no i do i i think it's the latter unfortunately i, I i'm actually a very optimistic person but it's it's i can't avoid the, the the feeling that i have the belief that i have that we seem to be in a state of we're being overridden. It's like exponential entropy. Like entropy is a natural effect of anything, right, in nature. But we we're too much on the on the down on the downstride with it right now. There's too many things are falling apart around us. And I think the two main things that destroy that work against community is technology and mental and mental health. And really mental health is negative mental health is is like a side effect of technology now let me be clear clearer though about what i mean by that 
technology is everything man creates is a technology, right? Stone Going, tools. Stone tools to computers. To computers. And I just think this isn't something that has happened recently. The, you know, over time, man has been slowly moving away from his humanity. He's been separating himself through technology. And this goes back to, you know, uh, better technologies for for farming. That well, if, more people working or leaving the home on, on, on any given day. Uh, to industry, people living in cities and, you know, uh, separating themselves even further from their, their loved ones, their family, and even their neighborhood. And being forced into new communities where they have to work with perfect strangers and 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 work together. Mm-hmm. So I think what modern technology, with social media and the internet, is now sort of unveiling, um, is the man behind the curtain, so to speak, right? Like in the Wizard of Oz. And what's interesting now is that, you know, I grew up in a time, and I'm not old or anything. I don't want that to sound like I, I'm, you know, being too. Oh, I don't know the word is like too pretentious, um, but I've, I'm from a, I'm from a childhood. Let's say that I was taught that when you catch a liar, I was taught the you know I always believe that when you catch a liar, um, they have someone to answer to, right? Right, and if that's on a like a national scale, like you know a corrupt politician or a major criminal, you know, or a, a banker who's ruining family fortunes, you know, or things like that, when they when they do wrong, they're caught. They go to jail. They answer to someone. But we don't really live in that world anymore. And I don't know if we ever did. Maybe we didn't. Because it seems like not only are the liars unafraid to lie, but there's rewards for them. And it sounds naive when I say that aloud because I feel like that's always been the world. Yeah. Really. I, I, it probably has been. But I, I also, like as a kid, you know, was taught that if you're bad you're gonna get caught and when you get caught you're gonna pay for your whatever you did there's consequences and, for your bad actions well when you do think about it like well there's always been bad people and they seem to you know always be the ones that are thriving as the saying goes nice guys finish last you know well so yeah i mean maybe it's, it's it a dark thought but i really do think maybe the it doesn't pay to, villains, you know? it doesn't pay to be nice and to be quote unquote a good person in the in the short term but i really do think it pays in the long term i think for your own mental well-being and your own yes. happiness and 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 life and 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 enjoying life that if you're a good person you're gonna enjoy it that much more than if you were a bad person because i agree you're always gonna be worried if you are gonna get caught and then if you are gonna lose all your money then if you are gonna you know you no, have yeah. all these you have more stressors coming at you absolutely and then you always gotta be looking behind your back for that person that's coming to stab you you know but as a nice guy you just gotta make sure try and put up enough you know gusto not to get walked over well self i think you're absolutely right i think self peace comes from true altruism i love uh, arnold schwarzenegger has six rules for success and he he's given the speech um at colleges and in other places and i i recommend you check it out that anyone go and listen to it but his sixth rule is give back um and that's my favorite one because i i i really agree with that once you've once you've attained everything you need and you've been able to enjoy your success and you reach a surplus in that it's time to sh- to give back from where you from where it came. Yeah, I've heard him talk at like uh, at colleges for mm-hmm. like uh, commencement speeches. Sure, um, where he talks about that that where giving back is like no man is an island, no man makes it 
on his own. Absolutely. Like he, he talks about how he was, you know, came to this country. He had nothing. He was living off of no, no money. And all, he got everything from his buddies at the gym that he was working with for his, you know, his physique and to, to make, you know, bills. Mm-hmm. And they all like pitched in, got him furniture, got him clothes, got him food and stuff like that. It was it that that's, that's a community. community. That is a strong community, which I would say is hard to find now because when I think about it, I think about like, uh, not just medieval villages, right? But like even like, I just think of old world, you know, old world villages where you were uh, in the mountains with your thirty people, you know, and that that's all you had. Well, There's, isn't it sad that the best examples you can think of are historic ones? I mean, if well, you had even, to give a even if you're talking one, about America, right? Even a, like old anywhere, old school America or, or isolated America, even like I'm sure. Um, Alaska has some very strong tight knit communities. Yeah, well, you know? certainly the lower the population, the better the community. It's well, I think it has to do with the Dunbar number, yeah. right? You, you, when you have so many people, how are you supposed to form a connection? You can't. You can't yeah. form a connection with all these people. So I think that at that point, it's just easier to fall away from community altogether. Maybe, at least it is for me. Well, that's a good point. <laughs> you know, it, it's so overwhelming to have all these these things coming at you like bam bam like you got so many stimuluses you're just like i'm not gonna deal with any of it i'm just gonna live my you own can't and do my own react to that and, to and, that much and have my friend group and have that be my yeah my support system because that's what i think really community comes down to is support mm-hmm. right you use people that are there for you and that you're there for as well right right that, that that i mean that's the basis of friendship too is is just like helping each other out learning from each other like we were talking about right so but i think that is hard to find in a larger setting and and that's when that's when maybe it becomes it seems to be disingenuous for me yeah and and there's when it's in a large setting i think yeah i think i think that's i think that is resisted and i think it should always be resisted um because history has examples of when it went too far i feel we may be in one now which is uh pretty terrifying Going too far in, in what regard? In trying to make the world one people, because that's I mean that was something I brought up in another podcast, and that's really what I was trying to say was that we aren't one community; we are many communities, and it breaks down from that. The only community, if you want to call it that, that we are all a part of is the fact that we are in the same race; that we're all humans. But that isn't a community. I don't don't think of it as it's okay. No, I. That would I wouldn't be my call opinion, I wouldn't call it a community, right? And I wouldn't call it like a. It's not a, a, a support system or anything like that. And again, I'm not. But I saying... think I think it's important for us all to be able to work each other with each other. No, because we should, but I don't think that we need to be with each other all the time for any reason. And no, that, and that breaks but, down into. But that just I'm not talking about like race and color. I'm talking about economies. I'm talking about politics. I'm talking about. Um, social constructs i'm talking about um uh different countries beliefs religious beliefs right there's 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 a whole menu of reasons of things now the things that separate us do cause trouble too but i think we can address that without being one world i mean think about this look at the best recent example of someone who wanted to make the world one people that was adolf hitler (laughs) I mean, in his mind, that well, was a, okay, that was a mission of that's peace. A lot, that's a lot different uh, of a one people than than 
make, having everyone work together. That, the, but that, it's also that the most li- practical that is, approach. That's, that's elimination. Well, that's the most practical that's approach, even though it's the most evil. But it's the most he. It's clear that integration wouldn't work. So instead, elimination is a, is a more logical approach. I'm not saying that's good. It's completely evil. <laughs> but but <laughs> in a scientific out way to look at it, right? Right. I just like that you had to clarify that it was. Well, evil. <laughs> it's just because I I sound very you know. Um, domesticated with with the way I say things sometimes, and I didn't. I'm no, I know. More I, more, I'm much more of an open-minded person, right? Right. And I just wanted to. I'm having trouble making the distinction, I guess. But I'll just I'll just leave it there. <laughs> we'll just go back to what you were saying. I just think that it that we can work together. As, all communities can work together, and we can like you know. I agree. We can join forces to accomplish without melting the differences completely between us. That's what I'm saying. We can work. Together. I just don't think there's that big a differences between people. I think that not 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 that they can't can't you be mean overcome. as far as their wants are concerned. I would agree with that. Well, yeah, we all want to be happy. We all want no. Yeah, that, and then, and even like uh, uh, no, the way I'm we not think, saying I don't generic, think that people think yes. much differently either. You know, like no, you I can agree, take. I agree. I know. I'm. A, I grew up in a Western philosophy and a Western, you know, mm-hmm. upbringing. So I, I'm very limited in my experience with like Eastern philosophy, I mean, so Taoism. I've never been. Uh, I've only what I've studied. I don't Buddh- know. Buddhism. I don't know much about those kinds of ways of thinking, and they can be very different. But when you look at like, like Stoicism, it is so close to Buddhism and like uh, the Tao, mm-hmm. like just doing the way. Mm-hmm. It, it is just. It's amafati is is a Greek word for um, accepting fate, pretty much, and just like uh, just like being okay with what's happening to you. Like I think it's, it's it, love love of fate make. is what yeah. it's called. No, yeah, but like that's that's the Tao. That's the way is right. is to just be water to move through life through the like the paths of least resistance. That doesn't mean not not to like achieve and not to work hard at things. It just means to like do things. Do without doing. Well, to me, it means not, yeah, not to be hung up on a trivial aspects of life because life ends. All right, it, but you can't really talk about the Tao because the Tao is <laughs> that which can't be talked about or explained. So anything talking about the Tao is a contradiction. About well, I think it's safe. So it's really funny when you talk about that. But. Ancient beliefs to some degree, right? I mean, <laughs> there isn't perfection in everything. Some things get close to it, but that—I guess—that's—that's that's another topic altogether. But it does. I mean, everything we do as humans affects the communities that we're a part of. If you could create a community around a single aspect, what would you create it around? You mean? I mean, what are my tools? Am I, you know, my god you, you, or something? Can I just do whatever I want, or am I just a person? You have unlimited resources, life? right? You have unlimited resources, and you want to create a community around something. What would you want to create that community around? I mean, I would, I would create a community around. Um, I guess my top three would be art, science, and um. And teaching the first two, I would, you know, I'd, I would probably pull an Arthur C. Clarke and just, you know, pick an island nation or a small country um, that needs some redesign and is open to it. And that's where I would literally create a nation, you know, or even better, like I, I wish it could just be its own planet, you know, uh, if, if, there, if we could just like own Mars and be the 
the chill the chill <laughs> artists and scientists of Mars. You know what I mean? Like that's what I would want to do. And um, I would like, you know, I would, there would be, a, it would, the communities, it would be a small community still. Like there'd be a lot of space. There'd be more space than there is people. Uh, space and space. Space and space, yeah. yeah. And I think um, that would just be I think that's important an interesting to way to live life. You know, it's to re- it, really, to it's nothing, space, it's not a new idea. Have, it's a return yeah. to how humans will used to live really in smaller groups of people. I think that's, um, you know, population is something no one ever wants to talk about, but they, it, it is a problem. There's just simply too many of us on the planet, period. There's just too many humans. We need less humans. It's not a fun thought. And we, that we don't we want need, to encourage is it that the we removal need less of humans, humans but yeah, or we, it, we is do. it that we need more, less density? We need more space per person. Well, we're running out of space. But we are, we're... I mean, there's running a lot out of, of there's livable a lot of spaces space. where yes, but do we want do we want to just ruin the environment completely to make room for man? Yes, I don't think so, Zach. No, <laughs> no, I favor the environment I, over I don't, man. To be quite honest, even though I hate saying it that way, because we are a product of our environment. We come from it. That's why it's so odd to me. I, I, that's why I feel we're so we're so dis, get disconnected. And you know, I don't. I'm not some yogi or guru who goes out in the woods and just takes major mushroom trips or something and then finds God. I'm, but what I'm getting at is that we're we're so disconnected that we live. It seems like we even I feel like this, right? We live. I live my life as though I'm a visitor on Earth, right? It's almost like we're the we're the invaders. <laughs> we're the invaders of ourselves. It's really a bizarre thing to say or think, but it's really how I feel. And to to think that when you leave your home or a building, for example, then you're outside. That is such a bizarre mind twist to me because I'm never actually inside. I'm always a part of what's outside. Does that make any sense? I'm always a part of the environment. And, you know, to me, obviously, you know, I've, I've said before I'm an atheist, but really if I was to choose a God, it would be, it would be nature. It would, you know, where I, I'm certain I came from, Right. Whether that was initiated by a divine artificer or not, it's still where I come from. You know, the ground around me is my cradle. So I think the fact that that is a thought that most people don't have. My favorite thing, you know, about human physiology is that we have heavy elements in us, like uh, iron and stuff like that. And those elements can only be created by stars exploding. We're so literally we are made literally from stardust, made from stardust yeah, I mean, which is which is awesome. How th- that's so profound to me that blows my mind. That's yeah. so much more telling to me than anything man has ever imagined or or you know imagined to believe. Well, yeah, because that just means that how much was before us, right? So it's unknowable. If there, if there were stars that blew up that created the elements that we were that we are now, what kind of civilizations Who were there before Who we knows? were here? Like in space, and you know, in perhaps even in on other... the same planet, we don't. You know oh what I mean? Oh my gosh! You look at Grant, Graham. <laughs> I'm not saying uh, there Hancock. was, but you know, dude, his his theories are amazing. Like, um, I really like where he talks about the Sphinx and how he thinks it was created before the Younger Dryas, which is like ten thousand years BC, which is before you know that's that's like Stone Age, that's hunter gatherer, you know, which is like, but he's saying that like. Perhaps there were civilizations before what we know as who knows. Maybe one day there'll be evidence. But let's Which wrap this. Really cool. Let's wrap up this community yeah. talk that we're having here today. Do you have any closing comments you want to make? 
Well, I would just say that if I was to create a community, I uh, mine would be very simple. I want to create a community where we just sit in circle and laugh. We just it can be fake at first, but then it becomes real, and you just start laughing and just have a laughing circle. That's what my community would be. It'd be very simple, very joyous. And very yours is a very doable. Uh, it is community. The it cult of like laughing. Fun. Yeah, it's not a cult. <laughs> it's not a cult. No, so there's sorry. no leaders. Oh, okay. So who initiates the laughing? Or you just sit in a circle Anyone. and then it happens. You just kind of look at each other's eyes and it just kind of happens. And then maybe it starts with a chuckle, right? And then you just you want to hear you want to know a weird fact about me when I was a kid? Yes. All right. I don't know if this still works. I haven't tried in decades. But when I was a kid, I could go up to a mirror and stare at myself and just burst out in in genuine laughter. Genuine laughter. And That's I would great. make other people around me laugh because I didn't understand what was so funny yeah. to me. And neither did I. It's just I would look at myself and start laughing and my family would start laughing with me. Yeah, Camden told me about the laughing circles. They do that in like India, I guess, or something. And that sounds great. Well, why don't we schedule a laughing circle? We'll have our first. Okay. Sounds okay. fun. If you like what you're hearing, or even if you don't, that also helps. <laughs> yeah, especially if you're still listening, then please consider supporting the show. We're working hard on our passion to create quality content, and we want to bring you much more. Indeed, we've got big plans for what we want to add to Audio Pong, and we'd also love to hear from you, the audience, on topics or content Zach and I can create for you. Visit AudioPong on RedCircle.com for more information on where to support the show and where to listen. Also, feel free to contact us directly through email with AudioPong at gmail.com. Be happy. Be healthy. And have have a metal metal life. life.